Hey guys, it's me, Daniel, with Socratic Hobbits. Um, On this episode, Kyle and I talk about Instagram, uh, habits, predestination, and uh, it's a a little bit more like some of our older episodes, uh, but still helpful, we hope. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Why are you t- so are were you, you know, not sleeping because you were just goofing off or were you burning both ends of the candle? Um, not exactly. It's it's more just like doing s- stuff in the evenings like jujitsu and uh, mostly other stuff like that. Doing re- trying to do research on different stocks and that sort of thing. There was this there's an Excel dashboard you can download that does a really good job of tracking all of your um all of your stocks if you want. Um, and it, if you have Office 365, you have to have Office 365, but it does a really mm-hmm. nice job of data visualization and it pulls in live data. And then you can also include your, like specifically your transactions um, and see how they're how they're doing over the, the last period of time. Um, Minda Tracy is, I think a while ago I was talking to you about like, seeing people who really know what they're doing with Excel. Mm-hmm. Um, Minda Tracy is, is one of those people. Um, so I watch a lot of her uh, training videos. Okay. And, um, or have been recently when I've been, get, I've been getting into data visualization. I think it's pretty exciting, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, anyway, so she, she had produced a video uh, explaining how to make it, but you can also, as part of that, just download what she made. Yeah. Is that something that interests you or no, not really? Um, I'm more trying to understand. I mean, that could be, I'm trying to understand what I should be looking for, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe a better trying to spin up my knowledge on what's signal and what's noise and hmm. how to know, um, or how to discern that. Yeah. Are you reading anything related to that? Yeah. I'm reading a book. I think it's just called like how to make money in the stock market or some really cheesy mm-hmm. title like that. Nice. I mean, and at least it's getting to the point. It's very to the point. And, um, I mean, so far what I've read in it, it, it makes good, con- it, it's good common sense. Some of the stuff I'm not sure, like a lot of things he say, he says makes sense and mm-hmm. seems like good advice, but then sometimes he'll kind of throw something out and it seems to be more opinion than actual, than actually based on something, just sort of like anecdotal evidence. Mm, that's interesting. So can you give an example or? Yeah. So he's, he was talking about like when... What, how to tell when the market has has peaked and he was showing these graphs and, and basically he was saying if you see a lot of volume so a lot of trades happening and not a lot of price movement that tells you that there is likely going to be a downturn which i see what he's saying but i have to think that there are and this this kind of comes back to um research on my that i need to do but like he threw out a bunch of data points that supported his thesis, but then I have to think that there are also plenty of situations when it like there's a lot of activity that it stays kind of stagnant and then it keeps on going up after that for a significant amount of time. So you would just need to find some situations where there was a lot of trade and not a lot of price movement and then an uptick. Exactly, exactly. I guess that would be true even if it was in a trough. Or if I don't see that at all, then then that gives more credence to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But I don't know at this point. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, that's something interesting. Something else that's interesting is the function in Excel uh, in that spreadsheet. Like one of the functions is um, volume. Yeah. Of stocks, because it's like it, you can basically any data point that you could pull while looking at a, you know, a, where does it where does it pull it from? Uh, magic, I think. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's from you can choose which stock exchange and then. Um, well, normally it's like some sort of financial services provider who actually aggregates all that information. It's a totally like Microsoft function. Like you don't have to put in a website. You can't choose a different uh, data source. Interesting. Um, so I don't know. I, mean, I don't that know. Simplifies it, right? It, it does simplify it. Can you um, get um, like? I guess actually, I I just want to like look it up now. You want to look it up right this second. You don't yeah. want to talk about uh, habituation and how to get well, good at. Things? I just want to add it. Make sure I have a tab so that I can come back. So okay. What is what's the service called? The Excel thing. Uh, I will send you a link. How's that? Oh, how about you do that? That'll work too. <laughs> I'll send you a link to the YouTube video and I'll put it in the show notes. That's the other thing that I've done with the recent episodes is that I have all of the links together. I even used affiliate links. Nice. So you and I are going to just, boy, this is going to take off, man. I think I've put two or three affiliate links on my blog. Nice. How rich are you from that? Um, I'm poorer in time. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Uh, David... Uh, one of the Davids asked me about which about my hat because he was um, anyway, and then I sent him an affiliate link because I had just done the I had just done the, the ones for the blog. Oh, like, nice! Oh, sure, why not? Yeah, totally. Uh, if you're listening to this, David, and you bought that hat, thank you. you thanks. <laughs> um, let's talk about one our question. Trying to right. figure that out because that's something that we haven't done. That's all been offline, and. Socratic, the Socratic part of it is of our name is essentially coming up with a question and we haven't really modeled that or or even really like talked about how we come up with questions because um, we had we had discussed talking about uh, how much inflation has affected uh, or potentially could affect, which I mean might be interesting to talk about, but I just don't know enough at this point to really do anything other than speculate and um, yeah. Basically. Well, I mean, you're kind of getting into how we decide about what to talk about, what what questions to answer. And, and one of those rubrics is, what do we feel like we've spent enough time looking into that we can actually provide some sort of uh, insight or analysis on the question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think opinions are not... Not what we're looking for on this podcast. Not what you and I... Yeah, ideally. I think that unfounded opinions, especially, um, if we've had had some experience or have, I mean, hopefully have spent some time really thinking through chewing on information, then, then it's helpful or, or at least has the potential to be helpful, but um, straight opinions with no basis is essentially us parroting other things that we've heard or read. And uh, a while back, I'd been reading a book called how to read a book by Thomas Adler, Mortimer Adler. Um, anyway, and, and he, he talked about the four different levels of reading and, and the last one is summarizing and it's essentially like you're owning a subject. And I don't think that you and I, I mean, I'm sure that we have gotten outside of that realm, um, in our conversations and in the things that we talk about and say our opinions, but we don't, um, I don't know. We don't talk about news. 
on this podcast because it's it's not something that we own in any way or have any kind of right to. And I, I don't know. There, yeah, sorry. Maybe, yeah, maybe this would be another podcast episode, but there, there's a certain side of me that, that, well, I think both of us have modeled this in our lives to a certain degree where we don't really pay super close attention to the news mm-hmm. and have sought to decrease that um, potential of noise and distraction from, from our lives and have seen benefits, I would argue, by doing that. Yeah. What do you think some of the benefits are for um, you for cutting out uh, news, which I think maybe you've been more successful at, especially recently? Well, one of the things, I mean, a couple things that come to mind are just distraction and distress. So you have the distraction that comes from always um, having a new thing pop up in in front of me or, or pop up in front of anyone. And then there's the energy that goes into evaluating that thing. And especially as um, headlines have become more and more, I guess, gamified to, to try and get people's in, engagement and drive eyeballs to, to a page to um, get enough eyeballs on a page to get payouts from different advertisers. It, mm-hmm. it has made information, not just, it has made, it has turned information into junk food mm-hmm. on when it comes to the news. And so there's no, uh, buy for probably, I'd say at least 95% of what goes as news today. It just, it's, it's junk food. There's no, there's no sub- substantial benefit to it. And I've just seen enough, too many um, situations where um, I've seen a link on or a headline on, on Facebook or a friend has sent me something. The article basically took a few quotes, put them out of context, created a headline out of the out of context idea, and I can send them the link to the actual original statements. And you can see how they, you can see what the statements are, and you can see how someone could take them out of context if they were trying to drive eyeballs, not to try and truly summarize mm. what the person was trying to say. Yeah. So my wife recently, um, I didn't really know Instagram could be used the way that my wife does, but she uses it to find and read really interesting stuff by some of the people that she follows. Uh-huh. Um, she did tell me something that's a little interesting that I'll get to in a minute later. But um, one of the things that was mentioned, there's uh, someone she follows is like, tries as hard as they possibly can to be unbiased. And she has enough people scream at her from the left and from the right that she feels like she's doing an okay job. One of the things that this, uh, this person shared was um, a summary of what is news events, what is opinion, what is analysis. And kind of what you were getting at earlier is that 95% of the stuff falls into that middle category. It's not, it's not news. It is not, here's what happened. It is opinions about things that happened. Yep. And um, yeah, that's part of why I have enjoyed the dispatch so much. It is a lot of analysis and not as much news. Um, but I think some of the things that you have expressed about sensationalism, I've gotten a lot of those benefits from not being on social media. And I don't know, the more like I hear from different people, at different times, basically complaints about being on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, and 
I just have never been like, I've never really heard anybody extol the benefits mm-hmm. of, of them. Um, right. With a handful of exceptions, like being connected to like knowing when a party or when an event is happening or they seem stuff. Yeah. 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 I know. Uh, like my wife has a few times been like, Oh, this person's gotten, I cannot like, they've invited me now to this multi-level marketing thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And then another, another, I thought you're going to say, Oh, this person has invited me to a wedding that happened three months ago. No, this isn't one of those situations. That was, that's like one of two times in my life that I really wished that I had had uh, social media. Um, I had, I missed a, a good friend's wedding and didn't really know about it until I was, I was really actually. You didn't know that you were invited. I didn't know that I was invited. Um, and I found out that some other people were going and that was basically how I found out about it. They're like, we're going to this wedding this weekend. And I was like, all right, I guess I, I thought we were closer uh, I guess not. And that was just kind of like, it had been really deflating. And then I found out that I was invited, but it was far enough away and it just, there was no way it was going to work. And it was, yeah. Anyway, but you know. Aside from those 2% of cases. You could have called me Matt. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Aside from, and then there was another, I don't remember what the other situation was. It didn't, it wasn't as a big a deal as that. Um, but it is weird thinking about how, the, the value I primarily see in Facebook or in Instagram, which which is interesting to me because especially for fitness type things, Instagram does seem to be the place most people go for promoting those kinds of brands. Um, and with jujitsu or with uh, the the fitness blog that I write on every couple of weeks, it's mm-hmm. um, maybe a better venue actually than Facebook. But I've been, I, I, I was able to link um, WordPress to Facebook so I can just directly post to my page on Facebook from WordPress without getting onto Facebook. So it's, if I was on Instagram, I don't, there, maybe there's a plugin that would allow me to do that. There probably is a plugin. They are owned by the same company and they are, have worked on getting them more and more integrated so that they can't be broken up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure there'd be a way for me to post to Instagram in a similar manner, but yeah. It was interesting to me to hear that your wife has found some value from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It almost sounds like using it like Twitter or like Twitter was intended. Yeah, potentially. Um, the, I mean, mostly what she does on there is pictures, right? Because that's what Instagram is basically for. Right. But she um, she doesn't follow, like she, she's really into plants. I don't know if you knew that. And so there's a couple of like designers that she really likes and and posts post stuff related to that um and as she's doing projects around the house which she's been mm-hmm. getting into for about maybe the last three months um she's been posting on that um, as well and getting a lot of interaction um i was i had an instagram for like i don't know a while where i where i like i used it and was trying to engage with it uh try to get followers and i like didn't didn't stay the course it was like not i was not getting enough value out of it and she has a lot of followers like way more than i ever did and um is not really trying for that which is i don't know it's pretty cool that people are interested in what she's doing um yeah so what would be the theme be or the i guess thought behind her page or not page but feed i don't i don't know if you summarized it no that's 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 it I don't know how to do that. 
Okay. I don't know how to do that for an Instagram. I mean, she posts a lot of plant stuff. She posts a lot of DIY stuff and will repost other stuff. She also mm-hmm. finds our cats hilarious and sometimes posts stuff about them. Um, I would say most of it's DIY, to be honest. Okay. Most, of, most of the stuff that I see her do regularly, even and even the stuff related to plants, mm-hmm. um, has been kind of tangential or adjacent to building out her office and having our office or like the craft room space the way that she wants it and she is uh slowed down a little bit on that she was uh she'd taken some time off during december to to work on that and hasn't been able to continue at that pace one of the things i've been curious about with instagram is is how do you use it and yet still stay engaged in the activity that you're doing like for stories and stuff by the way, I will say this is turning into one of our older podcasts when we are not very focused, which is okay. It's true. <laughs> well, I think we could I think we can salvage it. But Okay, so what? the way that you would stay focused on something that you're doing is you are not Instagramming the entire time that you are. Uh-huh. Do uh, you plan when you're going to Instagram? I th- I mean she does. Okay. I don't use Instagram. Like, I mean So she'll set something up and then take a video or a photo and then write about it and then go on with the rest of the stuff yeah so stories uh it's very um like she'll uh take you know the way that this i think the way that stories work is you you're like filming and you can film up to like 10 seconds and uh-huh. then you you edit them together you string them a lot string them together later and then you can add um stickers and words on the page to kind of explain what's going on or you can just mic over it as you've i know how much you've talked to her about this but does she have has she developed a routine for making sure that she's mostly working on the actual uh diy plant stuff and then uh no i mean she just kind of does what she wants to and it works out fine but like she's posted about um all like she will spend more than an hour watering and taking care of all the plants on saturday Mm -hmm. and um which this gives her joy. I have no idea why. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but that's okay. Or Does she listen to things while she's doing it? Or is it just watering? Just watering. Just, I mean, but she waters, she fertilizes, she clips leaves. She um, she has to s- spray and then dry out her air plants. Um, she, checks on, she checks on the soil for a lot of different plants. She's got an app that helps her. Um, to make sure that she's got them all on the correct watering schedule because they're plants from different places. And she's posted about all of that, but she doesn't usually because it needs to be done every week and that would be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, she might post a little bit from it, especially if a new a new leaf or something's flowering or like when she put little Christmas lights on our fiddle leaf fig. I think that probably got into Instagram. Um and she got some plants for Christmas. And so I'm sure that that went in there. And um, she doesn't listen to our podcast, so I can say. But for Valentine's Day, I got her a new new pretty watering can. So hopefully she likes that. Um, and even if she did listen to it, uh, I think Valentine's Day is before we'll post this. So Yeah, you're probably okay. Probably okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I was thinking of is, is it seems like she's developing an identity around this uh, or maybe she already has an identity where she loves to grow plants and loves that experience. Definitely. And it's led to certain um, reinforced behaviors, which another 
term for reinforced behavior is a habit. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions we had discussed uh, in text discussing on this podcast was what are good ways to develop those reinforced behaviors or, or habits? Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's some, there's some valuable lessons we can draw out of what your wife has experienced with um, plants. I don't know if you know how long she's been interested in. Her interest has probably been quite a while. And active engagement. And active engagement is about a year. Okay. Um, so that happened, I don't know if you recall what happened about 11 months ago or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the start of this pandemic. And we had a lot more time at home. And um, she had been interested and she'd seen, you know, it was like we had pots for stuff. And she's always been really mm-hmm. interested in doing stuff outside. And then like in our yard, but that's February and it's kind of dreary outside in the home. Yeah. And so she, and she really liked the house plants that we had, but mm-hmm. then over the last year, um, we went from 10 plants ish to like 50. Okay. <laughs> so, which is why it takes for so long. It's not like each one takes very long to, to handle each week or mm-hmm. every other week, but um, when you have that many. There's a need to have a habit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abs- I mean, they would just die, right? Yeah, but but the the plant will, I miss. Most plants would give you a sense of when they're in distress yeah, they before do. they're actually dead, and mm-hmm. so you do get that. Um, there's that feed. There's a visual feedback loop there. Yeah, if you're looking at them. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a plant which you and me will see, but no one else will. That my wife gave me. To me, it looks distressed. And I brought it to her and said, dear, can I give this back to you? Like, uh-huh. You take care of it. And she was like, yeah. no, it's your plant. And also it's fine. It's not unhappy at all. Like feel <laughs> this, look at the soil. It's fine. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll keep trying to take care of it. But I'm not in my office every day because I go to work. Uh-huh. Um, whereas she works from home or from her, like she's, she probably works from home at least 15 to 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm probably more. Um, but yeah, so she, she's around the, the house plants much more. So, um, yeah. And I, and I think she's constantly in it. Yeah. Well, and she's, because they interest her, she's literally like looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas me, they're very much a background thing. They're not, uh, I've never taken care of our house plants except, well, I mean, if she asks me to water Under something, duress. Yeah, not duress, but if she asked me to water something, um, it's it's very much her, like she's the boss when it comes to the plants. Like right, she's the right. one who is thinking about their watering schedule. I have never thought that plant looks like it needs water. I, the closest I've gotten to that is that plant looks dead. Like yeah. that's the the closest there. And I but I think one of the reasons. And I, I've probably said this here before, but one of the reasons that they that she is so consistent um, is because they make her happy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you mentioned that interest that she had mm-hmm. before this even started. Yeah, but one of the reasons that it's easy to habituate to something that you like is because our brains prefer to be happy over being sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't know why that plants in particular make her happy, but they do. And so when she thinks about taking care of them, then she, she gets a little something from that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So if you're trying to do something that makes you unhappy, then you either have to like reframe that or change it in such a way. So if you think about exercising and it makes you want to throw up or, you know, whatever, it just makes you unhappy because you feel guilty about it. That's probably true for a lot of people. You're like, I really, I really should work out. Um, and if you ever find yourself saying you should do something, then that sometimes it can be a red flag. Um, right. Then, but if you, if you find you're like, oh, I should work out. It's like, well, I, actually, I just want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea of putting on shorts and going for a run and like running shoes and, you know, being winded and out of breath. It's like, well, maybe you should find something that like, it would be a lot easier if you were going to do something that got you that benefit. Um and didn't make you feel terrible. So you actually get most of the benefit or all of the benefit of running if you walk the same distance. It takes longer, but uh, that's something that I've found. If you were to walk for five miles, you, and it makes, it makes sense logically. As, as far as health goes, yes. As far as health goes, you don't get as fast. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Your fitness won't, your, your fitness will be developed for walking, not for running. Mm-hmm. but your health will be the same. Yeah. Well, and it, and it makes sense. Let's say that you're trying to um, burn a certain amount of calories because you prefer to be at a certain weight. Um, you're moving the same mass, the same distance, mm-hmm. and it just is taking longer. Well, okay. The I don't think it's exactly the same because... No, it's not exactly the same. One of them you're running and the other you're walking. Well, and running creates higher higher forces, which means your muscles have to work harder. Yeah, but you also, I mean, the cost with that, though, is joint health, right? Like you can, depending on how much you run, or if you're 400 pounds, you're going to have significant cost to your joints, as opposed to walking, which is very low impact. Well, if you're 400 pounds, walking is high impact, but... <laughs> that depends on how tall I, you I are, see your how. point. Yeah, I, okay. You're definitely more into fitness and health than I am, but I just... Because uh, it, I enjoy it, and it yeah. interests me. One of, the, one of the things I wanted to circle back there are a couple things in, in what you just said there that I want to circle back to. One is the happiness versus sadness. And I was wondering, do you think it's based on what you've read, especially in, um, I think it was tiny habits. Do you yeah. think it's happiness versus sadness or comfort versus discomfort? Or would you even try and parse them? I think it's specifically happiness and sadness because it's a dopamine thing. Your brain it re- rewards itself essentially Okay. when you do things that make you happy. And so then... That actually makes more sense because if you think about screw tape letters, what we just went over the book recently, mm-hmm. uh, screw tape is instructing Wormwood to try and get the patient to basically go through life comfortable, but never happy. Mm-hmm. He, he fritters away his time staring into the fire. He's comfortable, but he's not happy. Yeah. I think and that so, might be a poor example, but okay. for, for, for C.S. Lewis anyway, I, actually earlier you were talking about, um, sensational headlines and at one point i had seen c.s lewis denies god on a youtube thing and i was like what and so i watched it and it was not c.s lewis and it was nonsensical but it got me to click um yeah so anyway yeah but i think i think uh over the last couple weeks or last week or two uh my wife and i recently got a fireplace and Oh, it's, it's, it's all good to go. It's good to go. Yeah. We've been using it. It's uh, pretty great, especially when it's freezing outside. Um, it does a good job of heating up the space, nice. but I have really enjoyed kind of letting my mind wander and think 
it's 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 more intentional than just sitting in front of a fire and mm-hmm. doing nothing although that is kind of what it looks like um but yeah i i mean i i see your point anyway of being comfortable but not happy mm-hmm. um part of why that is part of why you know celebrating or figuring out a way to frame something that you want to do in a way that makes you happy is when you think of it instead of feeling this guilt or frustration or whatever even while you're just thinking about doing it you get you get a small dose of of what that is and if if it's bad or good your brain doesn't want to be sad so if you your brain will literally not let you remember things that you don't want to do because it gets zero benefit from the thing and where that doesn't work perfectly is when you are more afraid of the cost of not doing something. So I really need to file my taxes. I don't feel happy when I think about that, but I care about not, I get enough of a punishment that it, it kind of, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. If we can go back um, to the other thing you said that I thought was, would be really helpful to discuss was you mentioned there's a time when a red flag should go off in our minds when we say I should do something like I should file my tax or I should work out mm-hmm. right yeah I heard a pastor once say and you have to say it really slowly but don't should all over yourself mm-hmm. and it's just it's just this guilt that we kind of carry right this this idea it's like it's being essentially judged by an ideal an ideal that we have for ourselves or that has been given to us by um others or you know like people who are important growing up so our parents or specific teachers or whatever um ideals of what we think a good christian should be ideals of what um a husband a father a wife mother like i'm not doing xyz and then you're not thinking about like not that your happiness is the most important thing but your your other people's ideas of what a good version of you is is probably not correct 100% of the time. Maybe not most of the time. I don't know. Right. And that's an important distinction to make is we aren't saying don't aspire to an ideal. We're saying don't let um, regret drive aspiration to an ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, like another or fear. Sure. That aspiration. Yeah. Being driven by fear as opposed to desire. Like instead of thinking about all the things you don't want to do, think about the things you do want. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, with like, exercise, you gave a really good example of that, where it's don't think about the discomfort that comes with exercise, pain, and so on, but instead think about the health, the ability that does come from exercise. And so reframing the whole um, situation. Godliness is a bad goal. You're going to really have to unpack that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured with you I would. I want you to pick it apart. But the idea is this. Um, when you are desiring to be godly, it is a desire or it can be a desire to be righteous mm-hmm. in and of yourself. And so this this is already sounding like an argument of definition. Perhaps. So let me let me let me retry. All right. So your goal should not be to be godly. Your goal should be to be with God like to know God. And maybe that's, maybe to know is to, you know, we, we saw him and then, oh, what is it? Uh, we beheld his glory and like from glory to shoot. It's like, you can't, you can only be be like God if you truly see him as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so when I say godliness, I guess I I guess what I probably mean is to act rightly. Goodliness. And what's that? Confusing godliness with goodliness. I guess. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, godliness, even just trying to be like God without knowing him. Like you. And I think that's a really key part of this whole thing is I'm, I think there's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of wise people on the side of we shouldn't try and be godly apart from God. Well, we can't. Right. And it is, temp- I think what, what you're getting at, there's a temptation in our own hearts to pursue righteousness on our own merit. Mm-hmm. And so we use, we're like Adam and Eve, we're, we're usurping God's place and being godly in the sense that we are setting ourselves up as God, which is very different than being godly in the sense of seeking to imitate God as he is good. Yeah, I think part of why that crystallized in that way for me is that over the last three years, I have desired to be rid of some very specific things right, and to act in very specific ways. And, um, and even, um, like in my view of like racism as a thing and how I am tired of, I guess I'm tired of seeing people be racist and then call it something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and I work in a gruff industry and people say what they think and, um, just is what it is, man. But, you know, and maybe, maybe even other if you want to not call it, like, if you want to call, if you want to be more, basically people hate and then say, it's not that, or it's okay, or it's good. And then for me to see that in myself, and I mm-hmm. desperately don't want to hate, and then I see it crop up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, to give a small example, I, I got really angry um, about a week ago at work. And I didn't, Nobody at work would say that they saw anything that was inappropriate or um, saw me respond in a way or do anything. Um, but I knew my heart and um, and I just thought I was I thought I was justified because um, because I did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, you have a cup on on a table filled with water and then you knock it over and out comes salt water. It wasn't knocking it over that made the salt water already in the cup. Mm-hmm. Right. So clearly what was, you know, I got upset, I got pushed over um, and what was in there wasn't, wasn't godliness. And then, you know, to desire that I respond in a different way for my reputation, for really any reason other than like, Jesus, I want to, like, I just want to be with you. I want to glorify your name. Yeah. Which is Uh, the reason Jesus came to earth was to glorify the name of the father. mm Mm-hmm. And, and I think as we think about habits, one of the things James Clear brought up is the importance of thinking about it as an identity, not as a goal. Mm-hmm. That's so one I of think, the... think of an aspiration, not a, not a specific outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going, sorry. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about Christianity is the core idea that we are not striving to meet a certain set of ideals and then we achieve enlightenment. We are seeking, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, we're seeking to know God. We're seeking to know our creator and not just know and understand, but to love and bring glory to God. And all of our, 
that has downstream effects on the rest of our lives when we live it, putting God as the foundation and the pinnacle, mm. um, depending on how you want to build your metaphor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's interesting. I, I, it's often hard to kind of marry up habits and Christianity because it feels like Christian. I mean, based on what I see in the Bible, Christianity mm. is very much hey, Jesus did this for me. And that's true for salvation. And uh, it's true for justification. Justification. And I think for sanctification as well, kind of, I don't know. This is, that's the thing is that like, why would it be, why would it be significantly different? But then it feels like, you know, all of the work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both the will and to do for his good pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you quoted the, the last half of that too. Um but it, it, it's it's so crucial to have both of those halves. Like we are doing the work and God is working through us. So so you're not wrong to say that God is doing sanctification. Yeah. It's just that it's not right to say that we get to coast. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that. I don't, I don't think you were saying that. I'm just making it. Making clear. it extra clear. Sure. Because yeah. I, I think just... it is important to be clear. Because I think at times in the church, we, we as Christians have fallen into that trap, even in my own life at times, fallen into that trap of going, well, God did it, so it's done, and I'm going to kind of focus on whatever I want to focus on because I don't really need it, – it's like I've delegated that part of my life, and I don't get to delegate that. That's not, I'm not called to delegate my sanctification. Yeah, that, uh, that calling is, is a pretty important piece um, because, you know, you say that you believe the Bible and that it's true and that, you know, like why it would be really easy um, – based on some beliefs, some doctrines that people have, that there's nothing that I could say or do that would change my standing with God, right? Mm-hmm. He, it's totally him. And I, and I think to a, you know, I think that's true, but like God also said that it's our responsibility. So with the same like power and authority that he declared, you know, declared for light to exist, like he also said that my choices matter. And so they matter regardless of whether I can reason it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like what, you know, if everything that results from my choices is God's doing, which is a difficult doctrine um, and you could maybe. But it, but it is true. Like I just read a proverb that talked about how God has. Is it six? Is it 1611? Yeah. <laughs> He's made everything, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Uh, I don't think maybe it's not 1611, but 1611 is, I think, um, something to the effect of a man decides which way he's going to go, but the Lord directs his path. Okay. So that's a different one. This, this one is God has created all things, even the wicked for the, uh, I can't remember the the first part exactly, but the second part is even the wicked for the day of trouble. Mm -hmm. And then when he's talking about the lake of fire in revelation says who was like, which was designed for the the devil and his angels. And then in Matthew talks about all who do not worship God will be put there with the devil. I know, but it's like, it wasn't designed for them. Like the lake of fire wasn't like he specifically marks it out as being created for the the devil and his angels. Oh, in revelation. In revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that people don't go there who reject God, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just, uh, it's just hard. They're hard doctrines. Um, Good and hard. I think the blessing of our understanding of God's sovereignty is we don't know who he has sovereignly chosen for which path. Mm, Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, like, 
I know God's called me and people who profess. I just trust that that he's called them as well. I don't think about I don't think about other people's salvation a whole lot. Like as if they profess, I don't think like, well, did God call them even if like I guess you can get into like between free will people and that's that's not where I was going. Oh, where were you going? What I was thinking about was was we do have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in Christ that when they have made profession, when they have been baptized, they have been identified as being in Christ. And so if we see behavior that is not in keeping with Christ, we, we don't ask them, are you a Christian? We we have the more we have a more a sibling reaction of why are you not it's kind of like with Paul with Peter you're not acting in line with the gospel yeah what why why yeah why why aren't you acting in line with the mark of your family like mm-hmm. you, you, your your family your family line says you should be doing this but you're doing this thing that's part of a different family line mm-hmm. and you need to figure out whatever it is that is making it look like you're acting like you're part of this other family line because that's not who God says you are. Mm-hmm. Now it may be in time that they persist in that, and that's when um, that's that's why Paul wrote about excommunication. Is it's supposed to be that really strong um, knock on the side of the head that then getting back to habits. You're you're in this community. You have this identity as being part of this community, and you're being put out of the community. And if you really are part of the community, being put out of the community is going to be a terrible experience. And it's going to be an ultimately, it it is a loving experience in the midst of that terrible um, event, because it is meant to remind you of the, the blessing and joy that was part of being part of the people of God and Mm -hmm. being in fellowship with them and, and having those routines that helped anchor that. Mm-hmm. knowledge and understanding and 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 that you lord willing love and you that memory of that and the emptiness that's in your life as a result of being put out from that will bring you back into fellowship yeah. and remind you of what your true identity is yeah so you would say that as designed in the bible excommunication is hopefully a temporary thing and not like the catholic Absolutely. church used it in the at dark ages or whenever they did yeah that. yeah okay so it's just a way of for political power yeah that, you know whatever it was I mean, we're, we're humans we, we we can definitely i mean people use the bible to aid and abet southern slavery so mm-hmm. we we can do all sorts of twisted things with with god's proof texting god's word Sa- satan's quoted the bible sure yeah i think that's um to get jesus to worship him yeah <laughs> yeah which is clearly not in the bible um hmm. Yeah, so we talked a little bit. We talked about habits and emotions, being happy. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that? Or well, one of the things that I was thinking of when I was talking about excommunication was the benefit of accountability and the benefit of a community of of people who are pursuing the same things, the same identity that is found that that results in the habits you want to develop, and how crucial, how 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 wonderfully beneficial that that can be. I was thinking that on kind of a lower level, having the jujitsu group that that meets regularly now, mm-hmm. um, all those guys, it, it, it's, a, it's a positive feedback loop where the more someone comes, the more they feel part of the group, the more they want to come again. And 
continue to be part of the group, the more you learn. And then there's the aspect. So that's the community aspect. And then there's the knowledge aspect where the, where the more you learn, the more or knowledge slash happiness aspect, the more you learn, the more fun it gets, the more you want to come back and, and you have mm-hmm. that positive feedback loop going on there. The more you understand about, I mean, going back to the church, the more you understand, the more you know about God and the Bible. And, and as your love for him grows, your love for him, your desire to know more grows. So your mm-hmm. love for him grows. And that takes, so both growing in knowledge causes a growth in love and a strengthening of habits and, and, and pursuing that love an interest in a community of like-minded individuals as far as not hundred percent like-minded, that would be very boring, but as far as the ultimate pursuit of that community goes, mm-hmm. being like-minded is, is really beneficial. Yeah. So if you want to build habits to sum up, it, like based on what you just kind of talked about, find people who want some of the same things, maybe mm-hmm. not exactly the same things, but some of the same things, and then figure out a path forward. Is that, is it? And I could actually see that being part of what's contributed to the Instagram account for your wife, where hmm. she's found other people who are interested in the same thing she is. And there, some of them are probably a little bit further than she is. Some of them mm-hmm. are behind. Did you want to try to sum up at the end there or no? I mean, I, I feel like the, this, what I said about uh, the church kind of sums up my thoughts on habits and identity. Yeah. Okay. No, I think, I think you're, I think that's an interesting that's an interesting train of thought there. Are you excited about next week? Yeah, I think that'll be fun. I, yeah, we're gonna have to be pretty disciplined. Well, I don't know. I don't either. I was gonna say we we're gonna have to be disciplined to keep it on track, but on the other hand, hey guys, it's Daniel again. Um, I just want to say thank you for listening to the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was helpful. Our music today was by the band Explore, and they have been doing our music basically the entire time and uh Clyde Robbie I'm really sorry that we haven't been crediting you up to this point please forgive us um if you guys enjoyed the episode uh, why don't you make your bed like you're an adult just make your bed and then put a mint on it you'll enjoy it Declined your call, dear. <laughs> I'm just still recording with Kyle. Can I call you back in five? Hi. Ky- Kyle says hello.